Welcome to our pod, where we talk to top professionals and community leaders from around the world about fitness, business, and everything in between. Empower yourself by joining us as we learn how to run a successful fitness business from the best in the industry. Your host will be Alan, CEO and co-founder of Arbox, the leading wellness management system. Hello again and welcome to another episode of Arcode, podcast of Arbox. This time I have a special guest, David from NBS Fitness, that will share his fitness and business journey with us. So hello, David. Thanks for being for, with us today. Absolutely, bud. How are you doing today? Amazing. I feel great. How's, how's there? <laughs> it's, it's going good. It's about uh, 10 o'clock here in Memphis, Tennessee. A little, little rainy outside, but uh, it's a good day. Amazing. Um, so let's start, start with you telling us a little about yourself, uh, your business, your community. Yeah. Um, so my background is I started uh, weight training when I was in about seventh grade. Uh, played sports all throughout high school. Uh, ended up playing college football. Um, and kind of fell in love with, with training uh, from the get-go. And in college, I got a degree in exercise science. I minored in nutrition. And at the time, I wanted to be a college strength coach. So I uh, got on staff um, after I graduated at a SEC, uh, SEC uh, school as a strength coach uh, for a little bit. Then I came back to my hometown of Memphis and ran a mm-hmm. sports, sports development facility. Thought I wanted to go back into physical therapy so i left the place i was uh started doing personal training at a local commercial gym and went back uh, to school then i realized i really didn't want to do physical therapy uh, i love training people i love fitness but i just didn't fit in well with uh, in the commercial gym setting and there weren't any gyms in the city at the time that I thought like messed well with kind of my ideas of what health and fitness should be or how a gym should be run. And so, um, you know, I had the idea to open up my own gym. And so in 2011, I opened up MBS fitness. Uh, and mm-hmm. so we're in our 10th year now, we've grown a lot and changed a lot over those, uh, over that decade. Uh, so now we are a kind of full service facility. So, uh, we do have kind of a, uh, 24 hour access, um, space. It's uh, 6,000 square feet. Um, we also have a separate building that we do group training out of and personal training that's 2,400 square feet. And we have an outdoor area as well that has strongman equipment and a Ninja warrior course. It's another, uh, about five to 6,000 square feet. Uh, we do, I said 24 hour access. We do personal training. We do nutrition coaching. We do group training. We have, um, uh, we do custom programming. We do specialty classes, seminars. We have a athletic, uh, trainer on staff in a recovery, recovery room that has different recovery modalities like sauna, ice bath, normal text leaves, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we have a, a, um, 
physical therapists on site as well. And so we're kind of a full service facility um, that caters to people who are, you know, serious about getting uh, fit and serious about improving their health, uh, whether that be someone who's tired of the regular commercial gym uh, where they just walk in, no one knows who they are. They get on a treadmill, you know, watch TV and just walk, uh, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Or, um, and they're just tired of that or someone who's looking for direction or someone who's a more competitive athlete and looking for a place that's going to kind of support them in that. So we're, we're the only place in Memphis that does powerlifting meets. We're the only place that puts on strongman competition, you know, which college athletes pro athletes all the way to little kids all up to seven-year-olds beginners in between you name it we just try to focus on um providing people with the best equipment the best atmosphere the best knowledge to help them reach the the goals that they're they're after amazing that's that's in a nutshell (laughs) (laughs) that sounds great and i can really relate to this uh, feeling of the you know the big gyms and uh, don't find yourself there and you want people that uh, really cares about it, really understand it. Um, so may Absolutely. I ask how many people, how many people you serve? Yeah, right now we're about four fifty um, total members, and that's kind of spread out, like I said, between all the different services. I think the most we have ever ever had was like four ninety. Um, but yeah, right now we have about four hundred and fifty uh, clients. Amazing. So. Actually, the idea, one of the ideas of this podcast is uh, to, to put you, the gym owners, the manager, the health coach, as, uh, as uh, leaders, the community leaders. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, do, do you agree with that? Uh, do you feel like this? Yeah, I, so I guess it kind of depends on what uh, community you're referring to. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. in our gym community, they they yeah. absolutely are our leaders um and i think leadership is you know leadership is not something you can just claim you can't just say i am a leader now follow me you know <laughs> leadership is <Yeah>. something <laughs> uh that you have to do and if you are showing people um showing people a direction that's going to take them somewhere better than where they currently are, then then they'll choose to lead, uh, to follow you. Right. So, um, yeah. And so what I think we, we do here in our community is we lead by example. We speak mm-hmm. the truth. We tell people what they need to hear, even if it may be somewhat painful, we don't want to lie to people. Uh, so we tell them the truth, and people appreciate being um, being told the truth uh, in in a loving relationship. You can't do that uh, if you don't have a relationship with people. So our you know our leaders here lead by example. We build relationships with the people. We show them that we care, and then we guide them truthfully. And if we do that well, they'll follow us. And when they do that well, they get the results they want, and they become become leaders in their own little communities, whether that be at work or at home or whatever uh, you know social group that they're in. And then those people see them as leaders, 
and ask them, hey, how can I get where you're going? Because I see you're going to a place I want to be as well, and they'll want to follow them as well. And that's how, um, that's how more people get engaged with our facility um, because they see us leading people, and then those people bring other their you know their relationships to the gym, so more people um, can get in shaping and get fit. In the broader community, <clears throat> you know. I think with everything going on in COVID, especially here in the United States, mm-hmm. I think we've seen a really uh, just kind of shitty uh, <laughs> display of leadership, leadership, you know, really in, 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 in most of our political um, situations on both sides, because it's been quite partisan in nature, um, the way people speak to each other and the way that our leaders um, tend to lead. Uh, being, you know, open and honest, I don't see a ton of like healthy leadership, fit leadership within <laughs> government at all. Um, and 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 what I see is what I see is people who who don't have healthy habits. They don't take care of their bodies. Then trying to um trying to to control the actions and thoughts of of everyone including people who are healthy and fit um and so what we've done throughout that period is to again speak truth into that and say like here's the deal you know uh your health (laughs) and fitness is a matter of life and death it may not be today it may not be tomorrow, but at some point, your health and fitness is going to be a matter of life and death. In regards to COVID, being healthy and fit really could be a matter of life and life and death. And so, you know, trying to help people realize that, um, you know, there's actions you can take that are preventative in nature uh, to help you to help you resist disease, both physical and mental disease, from not only COVID, but all the other negative possibilities that exist out there. So kind of coming back around, yes, in our own community, like we are absolutely leaders. Um, in our broader community, we, we execute the same principles of leading by example, trying to build relationships and speaking truth into that. And what I hope is that we'll see more people wanting to follow leadership like that um, and more and pressure. Not the one. <laughs> right, right. And more pressure on our current political leaders to, to, to follow that as well. You know, not in, in, in every area, but definitely in their health and fitness. So. Yeah. Uh... I don't know when we'll publish the podcast, but uh, like uh, just to mention, we're just a few days a week before the election, so that's a that's a good uh, good timing to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I really hope that uh, things getting uh, more positive and people will think more healthy in life and in, in physical health and also mental health. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you mentioned the COVID nineteen, but uh, I would like to ask you, like, just before the COVID and even now, like, uh, what, 
how do you keep this relationship with your members as a gym as a facility how you contact with them how you maintain this relationship and make them uh, uh, retain with your gym yeah uh, so I think uh, you know that starts with our all our entire processes and that which are like a reflection of our vision of how we want to run how we want to help people improve their health and fitness so you know when when someone when someone becomes a lead or it becomes aware of us, like our, what we want them to do is we want them to come in and sit down and meet with us face to face. So, uh, we have, we do what's called a no sweat intro, which is kind of our introduction to the facility. So you can't just sign up online. You can't walk in and tap the door. We want to sit across the table from someone and get to know them, hear their life story, uh, you know, gain their trust and build a relationship with them. So that's, you know, the, the foundation of our facility. You know, the, the entry point to our facility is through relationship. And then they feel uh, they feel the personal touch, I would say, and uh, a connection with the gym from the first step they, they step inside. Absolutely. Yes. And then mm -hmm. throughout that, we try to foster a culture that is relationship built. So whether that be in, through our personal training, through our group training, you know, we want to put people uh in contact in a relationship with people who will guide them well people who will um you know lead them uh, and then within a culture of other peers who are like-minded and are moving in the same direction and so you know uh, we'll do community events That, that are designed mm -hmm. to like bring people together to help build relationships within the facility. Uh, we do goal reviews with our clients um, on a regular basis. We have uh, a general manager who also has a role that's called the client success manager. And what she does mm -hmm. is, is she builds relationships with people. Uh, she contacts them, checks in on them, sees how they're doing. You know, if something good happens in their lives, we want to recognize that. Uh, something bad happens in their in their lives, we also want to recognize that. Uh, so, you know, if someone has a death in the family or is sick or something like, listen, the flowers, well, you know, buy the meals. Sure. Um, if somebody gets married, you know, as a facility, we'll send them something nice. Um, we do kind of uh, little uh, commemorative moments for people so once they've done you know when they've done 25 training sessions we'll recognize them when they've done 50 training sessions we'll recognize them then a 100 250 500 a thousand they get things they get cool mbs you know i don't want to tell people what they are because there's kind of secrets but they get cool <laughs> things to say like hey like we're proud of you and we want to recognize you throughout our community as Sticking to this, and we know that's hard, and we want you to know, like, we're proud of you for, for kind of doing that. So, through all, all that is designed to kind of foster relationship. And then when COVID happened, you know, we just kind of had to had to pivot to doing those same things, just kind of having to do it virtually. So, you know, but none of that really changed what our mission was, or, or you know, what we were going to do. It just maybe, you know, our NSI then became through Zoom. You know, our goal reviews became through Zoom. A lot of our personal training sessions came through Zoom. Uh, or it came through, you know, custom programming where your coach was reaching out to you regularly and checking in on you. And so we are currently 
back to kind of full speed ahead. Um, so we're, we're, we're back basically to normal minus, uh, you know, having the cleaning procedures and, <clears throat> and masks and whatnot, but, uh, we're not, our facility is open for like in-person training. Um, mm -hmm. so when we closed, we just kind of shifted how we did things a little bit, but, uh, but, you know, and we learned, you know, we the learned essence, some, some, the, the, the essence stayed the same. Yeah, action stayed that same. And now we, and so now we do have some people who are still doing virtual stuff, but, you know, they, you know, they've been able to continue to make progress and still train and we still check in on them and still send them cool stuff and all that kind of stuff, uh, even though they would maybe virtual. So that's kind of how we fostered relationships prior to COVID and how we try to kind of maintain them through that. Mm -hmm. That's great. So, um now it's said that everything's open like uh, you're not facing it anymore yes i very much prefer to be around people to see people uh i am an uh, extrovert by nature and so um mm -hmm. so i am happy that we are very much happy that we're back uh <laughs> back in person <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure that everybody is like uh, uh we know that online has some advantages but uh the briefing marks are and people uh, like to see each other and to train together it's something that yeah. uh, you can't really replace and uh, it's screen absolutely yeah amazing so like uh, let, let me take you uh, 10 years ago uh, what's what's the one thing that uh, you wish you had known before you started uh, the thing that uh, you know you failed in and uh, it would be much easier in your business if you knew it before you opened it yeah yeah i was trying to think about this because yeah. Over a decade, there's like a lot of <laughs> a lot of instances <laughs> to kind of to kind of sum it up. Uh, I think the biggest thing I wish I had known was that you know when you open up a gym, you you don't own a gym. You now own a business. And when yeah. when I first opened up my facility, my skill set and my knowledge and my like. Uh, my lens that I was seeing things through were, you know, as a trainer, which yeah. is good, but not necessarily applicable to what it's like to actually own a business. And so mm -hmm. I wish if I could go back and, and, and I'd say like the, the change that I've had like over that is now learning to see things or to, to, to view my business as a business. Um, and it just took some kind of failings along the way. And so um, with regards that, that to seeing <laughs> yeah, with regards to seeing it as a business versus just a gym, um, it means I, I wish I had sought out and listened to to other business professionals, especially fitness business professionals and sought mm -hmm. out mentorship with regards to that much earlier on. Uh, you know, I think early on, you kind of, uh, you kind of take advice from everybody, you know, you're like, <laughs> you know, but I think there's, you know, there, you have to, it's hard to know whose advice is worth listening to. And so like, you know, when you first open the gym, like you're going to get advice or commentary from like your friends and your family. And like, just yeah. because they're friends and family and they may have your best interest at heart 
doesn't mean they know what they're talking about with regards to, to owning a business, you know? That's for, that's for sure. And, yeah. And then even other business owners may not know what they're talking about with regards to like a fitness business because owning a retail business is totally different than owning a service-based business, right? And so I think the that's biggest, uh, the one thing I wish I had known when I first started was um, run any business, you rather guard, you know, as a business, don't see it as you own it. You you now run a gym or own a gym. You own a business, and seek out advice from people who have gone where you want to go. Okay, so, you know, ideally, you know, as other business leaders, but but definitely, as, or, uh, ideally as other gym fitness uh, leaders or, or um, just general fitness leaders, but, but definitely some type of business leadership and listen to your best clients, you know, like find a way to distinguish between like whose input is, is truly valuable and whose input is just noise. You got to kind of distinguish between the signal and the noise because you're going to get a lot of, you're going to get a lot of noise. You got to distinguish like <laughs> what's valuable to listen to. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, the, the one of the things that we try to do here at Arbox, like we love to call it uh, from fitness to business, meaning like uh, take your passion to the fitness and uh, get it into the business life. Uh, but that's something that you can really relate to and that's something that we try to promote. Uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just um, absolutely. So, uh, David, actually, we're getting closer to, to the end of our recording. Uh, I want to finish the, uh, uh, this great conversation with a message. Uh, I like to do it all the time. Like, what would be your message to the fitness community, the fitness, uh, I would say, uh, world, uh, especially these times, but uh, anything generally? Take it from here. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I was going to go through a few of the, the failures, more specific failures I had in the past. You want to hear those, and then I can kind of give my message to the community? Sure. Let's go for it. Yeah. So yeah, I wrote down, so I, like I said, my kind of overall wish, what I wish I had known, you know, mm -hmm. seek leadership through business and run your, your gym like a business. But some of the failures I had was, um, you know, early on, you're kind of, you're kind of in the dark, kind of seeking, seeking uh, where, what to do and how to do it. And so um, having systems in place and having policies in place that are mm -hmm. that are solidified based on like what your mission is so you have to kind of determine what it is that you want to do why it is you want to do that and then create systems and policies in place that are going to move you move you towards that and then just stick to those systems and those policies teach those to your mm -hmm. empl employees so they have a framework to make decisions off, off of um at, like i think early on you know, if anyone would want to make a trade, you know, they'd want to, they'd want to say, uh, Hey Dave, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll let you, I mean, I had a guy who like had a, had a, had a gun range. He was like, you can come to my gun range for free. If, if you'll let me train your gym for free. I was like, okay, that sounds good. You know, but like every little exception to your role is like an exception that has to be managed, you know? And if you're just yeah. constantly making exceptions to your rules and your policies and you don't have any, you don't have any policies you know and then that's not fair to you can't be fair that way right um and as you mm -hmm. grow and that's not scalable 
you know, to to be scalable, you have to have systems like a way of doing things and policies uh, in place. So have systems and policies in place, stick to them so that you can uh, take emotion out of it um, and scale up. Um, another another failure I had was being a gym or being a trainer prior to being a gym owner. Like I always saw things through the view of the trainer, right? Yeah. And there's kind of three relationships that occur within a business. There's uh, the the business itself, the clientele, and then the employees within the business. And Chris Cooper at Two Brain, uh, I remember him saying early on, like the order of decision making must go business, then clients, then employees. And it's not to say that it's not to say that. Like your decisions have to be good for everybody. Like you can't have a, a decision that's great for the business, great for clients, and then terrible for your employees or vice versa. Uh, but, but more important than anything is you cannot have something in place that is bad for the business and good for the clients and employees because that, that is not a foundation for long-term success. And. Uh, so that, you know, whether whether you're structuring your payroll, whether you're structuring your policies, um, whatever it would be, like understanding that 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 I had to kind of make decisions that were best for the business first, client second, employees third in that order uh, was was vital because there was a point where I was making decisions that were great for the employees, okay for the clients, and then bad for the business. And then over time, if we got to a point business wise, we we're like, oh crap, <laughs> you know, we were in a bad spot yeah. because we and also had not also if it's bad, if it's bad for the business on the long terms of there will be no business to serve these clients and to employ these employees. <laughs> Exactly. It was like we had gotten ourselves to the point. It was like if we keep doing this, there's not going to be a, a business anymore, and which means there will be no employees, there will be no clients, right? So we had to kind of shift <laughs> and turn things a bit so we could, you know, make a situation that was that was good for everyone, but but prioritize the business. Um, the prescriptive model of fitness, uh, I think, is also a has been a super big game changer for us. Um, in the sense that, you know, we, we live in a society that's 80% obese, you know, very few mm -hmm. people exercise and, and and very few of the people who exercise actually do so in a way that's, you know, beneficial. Effective. Effective. And so, yeah, effective, right. And so, you know, with that kind of framework in mind, like, letting people make their like letting people be in charge of their own decision making and their own path forward is probably not going to actually result in them getting fit and getting what they want down that down the road versus saying like you know hey i've lived this i've worked with other people this is what you need to do so prescribing people their path forward being their guide being their leader versus asking them what it is they want to do because uh, if you ask people like what it is that they want to do, if they don't have a history of success, they don't have a framework for good decision making. And so in the past, you know, when we like have someone come in and, you know, 
And we say, well, what do you want to do? They go, I just want a gym membership. Cool. Okay. Here's a gym membership. <laughs> you know, and then three months in, they're not coming at all. And then six months in, they want to cancel their membership, you know? Uh, of course. And so, while and you know, they made that decision because it was the cheapest option, right? Uh, and so, mm-hmm. in the end, that was not good for them because they're not exercising and six months down the road, they're not in shape. Uh, it wasn't good for uh, the business either because now we don't have that, them as a client anymore versus saying, you know, you know, if you really want to, if you want to reach these goals, here's what you need to do. Here's the cost and kind of move forward from there. So the prescriptive model of fitness was a big game changer. And then finally, recognizing that the growth just for the sake of growth is not really a good goal because with growth growth uh there is there's costs associated with that now there's maybe monetary costs and maybe emotional costs staff costs time costs and so instead of just focusing on overall revenue growth or membership growth looking for more specific growth so finding like growth in the specific type of clientele that you're that you're wanting to increase scalable growth that you can maintain the level of um, a customer service and quality service that that you're known for and that you want to be able to uh, to to uh, provide for your clients. So that specific growth with profit as the as the underlying kind of um, the the real metric and then finding cash flow. So Meaning it doesn't really matter how much your gross revenue is if it's not creating profit and cash flow because cash flow, cash is your, is your lifeblood as a business for, Mm -hmm. to do all good things. All good things come from cash flow. And I don't know, like some people kind of have this, this like idea of, of like, uh, you know, wealth or money is like, you know, Anyone who has more money than me must be greedy or whatnot, or wanting more money must make you greedy. But that's not the case. Cash flow allows us to do good things for our employees. It allows us to 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 give them bonuses. It allows us to uh, take care of them in situations if you know they got injured or out of the gym for a little bit, and we wanted to say, hey, like we appreciate everything you've done to this point. Like we want to take care of you beyond this, whatever. Uh, it also uh, allows us to do nice things for our clients, whether that be buy new equipment, whether that be um, send them, uh, you know, a wedding presents or whatever it would be, or to um, or to um, to pay new staff to to uh, to help manage them and provide them higher quality uh, customer service, and it also uh, allows like the business to have um, to have cash to sustain. Uh, to sustain itself, whether that be enough money to make it worthwhile for the the ownership to own the business, because at some point, like you've got to justify all the, the risks, the and hours of, of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you got to be able to justify that. If you're like, well, I'm gonna work. You know, if you're gonna work sixty hours a week and take on you know a, a crap ton of risk, it, it better provide you uh, some type of reward beyond going and you know, just working on a regular job and also having the, the savings uh, in place in case you do find yourself in an, an oh shit moment like we did earlier in COVID. You know what I mean? Uh, 
Um, mm -hmm. if you're, if you are a, if you're a new business that didn't have any type of reserves in the bank and you got hit by COVID, uh, you you were in a bad spot, right? So, um, it doesn't matter if you made, if you had a $5 million, you know, gross revenue every year, if your cash flow was, was poor, uh, and you needed every ounce of that revenue to stay afloat, then you were, you were in deep shit if that, uh, if that got disrupted at all. So beyond just growth for the sake of growth, focusing more on specific growth, ideal growth and, and profit and cash flow were, uh, you know, lessons I learned along the way. Absolutely. The, we're talking about sustainable growth and it's, uh, I would say it's the biggest and most important factor to, to make a growth, a real growth. Right. Um, so what about your message? Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to think about this and, um, I think the message I want to put out to the, com the fitness community uh, and just the general public is that up until this point in history, fitness really was daily life and death. Like your, your fitness levels determine whether or not you're going to be able to plow the field to produce the crops needed to eat that year, to go hunt to, to provide the, uh, the food necessary, to cut down the trees, to uh, heat your house, uh, to, mm -hmm. to, you know, fight off any, any, any conflict. Um, and through the wonders of technological advancements, most of that stuff is stuff that we do not currently have to worry about and engage with every single day. And so yeah. fitness has shifted from a, shifted from life and death to recreation. And now most people see fitness as recreation. The yeah. problem with fitness being recreation is that is that that becomes the first thing on the chopping block when you run up against some type of difficulty, whether that be a time difficulty. I just don't have enough time in the day. I, I'm just not going to work out today. A, a monetary budget difficulty, an emotional difficulty. I just don't feel like working out today, so I'm not going to. Um, when yeah. fitness is seen as recreation, what we end up having is uh, as a society who does not value it for the individual, for the so small social group, or for the society as as a whole, uh, its uh, its value is not is not um, socially distributed. Um, we kind of know that we probably should exercise, but we don't quite understand like why it is necessary. And the truth is, like fitness is life and death. It may not be life and death today, um, but it might. Tomorrow, your, your strength, your mobility, your endurance may be called upon to save your own life uh, or the life of someone you, you love or know or just the life of another member of society. It may be called upon. And if you don't have it, then the result's going to be physical death or it's some type of uh, great injury. And, and if it doesn't happen today, which is likely not, or tomorrow, that's down the line at 60, 70, 80, so on and so forth, the negative impact of a life of, uh, uh, of lack of activity and poor eating habits and poor uh, mental health is going to catch up at some point. Uh, and, and you, like 
the vast majority of Americans will pass away, not will pass away because of uh, the decisions we made early on in life that 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 did not um, take care of our bodies that we were given. So my message to everyone is to try to get your head and your mind to stop seeing physical physical fitness exercise. Uh, proper nutrition as a as a recreate as a form of recreation instead mm-hmm. see it as a as a response to the beautiful gift that we've all been given to be born uh, with a healthy functioning body to be in a society that doesn't have to uh, you know labor Spider. daily to stay alive. <clears throat> Uh, to see it as a as the proper response to that gift to have positive impacts on ourselves, to have positive impacts on our direct social circles, so our friends and our families, and to have direct impacts on society as a whole. Taking care of your body physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially is good for you, it's good for the people close to you, and it's good for the society as a whole. And not doing so is bad for you, bad for the people closest to you that you care about, and bad for society as a whole. So get out of the mindset of fitness as recreation and get into the mindset of uh, fitness as necessity for flourishing in life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that uh, the COVID period proved this uh, point and uh, that's what we try to promote all the time, tell people in the world, uh, listen, it's not a nice to have. It's a basic thing that everybody should do. And you can Absolutely. just shut down it anytime. It's, uh, it's the most important thing. Um, so David, thank you very much for being with us today. And thank you for the great message in the end. Uh, and uh, I wish you a great, uh, great new year uh, with the new opportunities. And of course, the continue of the success in your gym. Thank you very much. Absolutely, bud. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of RPOD. This podcast is brought to you by RBOX, the leading wellness management system for fitness businesses.